What's up, guys? Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are soft-shell helmet covers that reduce the impact during practice. Worn by over a 1,000 high schools like Broken Arrow and Ankeny, where me and Coach Walls are, and over 100 colleges like Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Most programs utilize them for their guys in the box to address the repetitive, subconcussive blows that add up throughout the season or an athlete's career. They're also great for body blows like helmets to knees, hips, quarterback's hands, all while keeping the helmets looking good for game day and protecting speed flexes from cracking. You guys can go check out Guardian Caps at guardiancaps.com and request a, request a quote for great team pricing. This episode is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squad up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the template once you start a 14-day trial, free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out to them and tell them that you heard it from us. Go visit them at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is an industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. You can go visit them at sidelinepower.com by email at info at sidelinepower.com, or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. And then last, but certainly never, ever least, uh, is SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. They've got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and in any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. SkyCoach is the market leader in sideline replay. You can visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. That will do it for the reads. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Matt Backless. Coach Backless is the offensive line coach at Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, back where Coach Walls used to coach back in the day. Listen as we talk with Coach Backless about how he received the nickname Coach Bear his philosophy on developing his offensive line fundamentals on a daily and sequential basis, and how to create a family atmosphere in your offensive line room through get-togethers and meals with your own family. Hope you guys enjoy. So, 
right now, uh, I'm blessed to coach at a, a Division II school, Augustine University, located in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I've loved football all my life, and that's been a big passion for me. I just love the game. There's just something about it. And so or from an early on, early on age, I, I, I thought I wanted to get into coaching, you know, and so I pushed myself on the gridiron. I got to go play football at the University of Buffalo. I got to experience some great things, play with a lot of good people. Um, I actually had four offensive line coaches in five years in, in my time at UB. And so what I really looked at was like, man, I want to get into coaching. And I thought initially I wanted to get in the high school realm. Uh, but then as I started progressing my career in college, I, I really liked the ability to be able to, to have maybe an older athlete, a more matured athlete, a more uh, tuned athlete, if you will. And so um, I worked my way through college. I got done. Um, when it was all sudden, I got hurt my senior year, and I figured, hey, you know, why not give back and want to get into coaching? And it wasn't until uh, a D3 coach at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, called my line coach at Buffalo, who actually GA'd for him back in the day when he was a young guy at Minnesota State Mankato together. I asked if he, he knew any old line guys. I, I said, heck yeah, coach, I, I'm, I'm willing and able. And so I packed up my girlfriend, my dog girlfriend's now my wife um and you know we interviewed and went down to northfield and had three years of successful run um went in a lot of games with some high academic kids not always the most athletically gifted uh, but they worked hard they played with passion and then when uh coach O, my current boss right now my current header when he got the augustana job i was blessed that he brought me and my family along with me and are with him so now i've been coaching this will be my ninth season with coach O. I graduated college in 2010 and like I said, I'm really blessed and honored to be able to coach with him uh, and help use the game of help young men become better men with the game of football and, and the lessons that we're trying to teach here at Augustine University. Co- coach, uh, you have uh, your Twitter handle is uh, is Coach Bear, so I, I I'm, I'm going to call you Coach Bear because I assume you you kind of wear that nickname with pride. But I, I guess I want to hear yeah. that. I want to hear the story about how it became Coach Bear. Because uh, there's, there's got to be a backstory on the nickname. So it actually worked out as so when we, we graduated, I literally had commencement at the University of Buffalo. We move out, you know, we get everything situated in Northfield. Uh, what's funny is like my first day on at, at St. Olaf, we had a kids camp and it was a youth camp in Northfield. We had it on campus um, and it was really kind of the first day where I was in the office one-on-one with Coach O and, and the rest of the staff. And so you know, we go out on the field, everybody's kind of enjoying it, you know, picking on the new guy a little bit, you know, giving a little <laughs> bit of the rub. And so I I promise you to the day, I'll never say this to Coach O, so hopefully he never listens to the podcast. But how I remember the story was, is, you know, Coach O was introducing the staff in front of all these kids. We probably had about 40, you know, K through eight kids. And so he comes up and he goes, hey, everybody, this is Coach. And it, it kind of looked like he's, Stumbled a little bit to say my last name because it's the coolest. It's a Greek last name. And so he kind of stumbled. He said, you know what? This is Coach Bear because he's as big as a bear. And, I'm, you know, I'm a 6'5", 300-plus man, you know, just coming from college. And so he's like, this is Coach Bear. And then obviously the rest of the coaches, you know, they kind of took it as it was kind of like an inside joke for a long time. It was just like, hey, Coach Bear, you know, like who dons himself Coach Bear? I was like, I didn't make the nickname up. That's the head coach. <laughs> you know and so it, it kind of stuck and then over the years that's just what it's kind of come to be that's how a lot of people know me uh with my twitter augie coach bear and 
it's just it's it's it, it works, you know, because I'm a big dude. I usually have a big burly beard that I I, I let run throughout the season, and it's all matted and crazy because I kind of <laughs> keep it going throughout the season. So I kind of look like a grizzly bear, and you know, it's fun for the kids. And it's funny is that my son, we just had a kids camp today, uh, and my my five year old, this is the first camp he's ever done with football. And all the kids kept calling me Coach Bear. And so he comes home, he starts calling me Coach Bear. And I'm like, no, no, I'll always be daddy to you, buddy. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's, it's a great nickname. I think it's funny. Uh, it actually started off, I think, as kind of a joke. And it ended up kind of working out to, you know, how people refer to me and how people know me. Your boy's going to love that. I, my dad was, was a coach and there's two Harpers uh, at the school he was at. So everyone started calling him uh, Animal. And it was just the coolest thing for me as a kid to say, yeah, my dad's Coach Animal. So I'm sure your dad, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure your boy's going to be one of the proudest kids around. Say, oh, yeah, Coach Bear. That's my dad. <laughs> that's my daddy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Well, uh, Coach, you talked about having four offensive line coaches in, in college, and that's the exact thing that, that happened with me while I was at Houston. We had four different offensive line coaches in the five years I was there. Uh, the kids that were one year younger than me actually had five offensive line coaches in the five years they were there. But I always say where it was kind of difficult as far as you had to prove yourself every year and you had to learn new things that as a coach, it really, really helped me out. You know, I took a, a mold of all four coaches and some of them was more I took uh, what not to do from some of those guys, and some of them I, I tailored a lot from them. You know, there's two, two coaches with uh, Coach Hayes and Coach Shaw probably that I took the most and took one of their personalities and one of their, um, you know, technique and kind of joined those together to kind of try to be the coach I want to be. So uh, do you think that was a benefit for you having, you know, four different offensive line coaches, uh, a benefit for now that you're a coach? I would say now that I'm as a coach, I would say yes. I think it's, you know, it like you kind of you hit the nail on the head. I mean, having that opportunity to be able to pull from four different coaches, whether it was positive, whether it was negative, um, it, it benefited me, you know, and that, that's where I would sit there and say, maybe I wouldn't address the situation this way, or maybe, you know, I would do it this way, or I love the way that he did that. And I think having four different coaches with four different personalities, four different kind of coaching styles. You know, that's another thing I always think it's 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 for especially for young coaches is finding out who you want to be as a coach. You know, you got the yellers, the screamers, you got the the guys who don't say much, and it's it's really just trying to find that way to reach a kid and 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 get him to believe in you and know that you care about him. And so, like for me, I took away from my coaches is like the ones I took the most from were the ones that were almost harder on me to a fault because as a young kid, you think you know. You know, you kind of buck the system, but they're harder on you because I tell the, our younger GAs all the time, I tell our guys, because it's our job as full-time coaches to, to get our GAs ready to go out in the coaching realm. And I always tell them, regardless of the situation, whether it's bad or it's good, it's a learning experience and you can always spin it for the positive. Whether you're learning what not to do or what to do, you can always take something away from an, from an experience, from an opportunity. And, and that's for me is, as I sit here, as the, the coaches that I took the most from were the ones that kind of almost treated me like a son rather than a, a player and, and had more of a transformational relationship rather than transactional. And I think that's one of the biggest things and where I took it away from it. And, and I like to believe that I'm, a, I'm more of a coach's player, a guy that is going to tell his kids that he loves them and show them, you know, 
but I'm also going to hold them accountable because that's my, my, I've got two boys and a little girl and someday they're going to get coached by some other guy or some other lady. And I want them to be pushed and I want them to be held accountable. All right. But I don't also want them just to be held stagnant or to be able to be complacent with it. And so for me, like I said, I got the most from the coaches that treated me like a son because that way, yeah, they were hard on me and yeah, I deserved it as a knucklehead. I look back paying for the sins yeah. of me as a player as now as I'm a coach, <laughs> you know, I tell that to our young coaches too. I say, Hey man, if you were wild in, in, in high school and college, wait, man, as a coach, it comes back tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> and so I sit there and that's where I look at it from the perspective of, yeah, I think it, I think having four coaches benefited me, benefited me as a coach, but at times I could see the downfall as a player. You know, you're trying to get on the field. You're trying to build that rep. You're trying to master the technique because it's not always a hundred percent that the technique's going to carry over from coach to coach. And that's the tough thing. I think sometimes that actually hurts our kids is that we're all kind of, everybody wants to get a better job and a great opportunity, but you got to make the big time where you're at. And so sometimes you may stick at a place two or three years. So what make the big time where you're at. And, and as I sit there, it's just like, it was tough. Cause now you mastered one guy's stuff. And now another guy comes in and teach you something else. And you know, you might've done something with one coach or gotten good with another one where you earn those, you earn those reps, you earn that spot. Now you got to redo it all over. It's like hit and reset. It's, just, it's tough from a player standpoint, but beneficial later in life I think from a coaching aspect does that kind of answer the question it, it does and that you know that was kind of the exact same uh, way that I looked at it as well you know we had we had you know offensive line coaches come in and I've talked about it before but um, you know our protection was slide left with one guy and then our protection the very next year was slide right you know then the man side was on the opposite side and then we had guys that on our gap doubles we were near stepping and then the next year we were inside stepping and so it was like you said you got to learn complete new terminology sometimes sometimes the exact same terminology means something different with guys um I, I completely got away from scoop and slip because those changed I think three different times over my five years <laughs> as far as if it was guard and tackle or if it was center and guard and so when I got into high school uh coach walls and coach Alexander already had slip and scoop on the backside. I said, I'm sorry, I, I got to change it because I can never remember which one is which. I've just been through it way too many times. So I uh, had to get that change. But, yeah, the, I think one of the coolest part about having all the different coaches was finally my, my fourth year we had a coach that wasn't a screamer at all, you know, just honest, matter of fact, and wasn't a screamer. And that's kind of what I was. But if I would have never seen him, I don't know that I would have ever known that that was okay, that you could still be a really good coach and not be a guy that screams. I mean, yes, you have to hold them to a high standard, and you can do that in other ways, but you don't have to be a guy that screams out there every time someone messes up. You know, you, if, if you're sm smart, as not smart, but if you're a certain way, like, like I always kind of thought of it, was like I always wanted to do really well as an offensive lineman. I never was going out there to try and screw something up, so it never helped me when a coach would scream at me. So I try to help those guys, the guys that learn that way a little bit better, and you know, long story short, it was just, it was nice for me to see a coach that didn't scream my last year and still be a really successful, um, uh, really good coach. Coach Bear, I was going to ask you about, you said something uh, and it, it struck me, you know, I, I think a lot of coaches lose sight of, you know, kind of who they were when they were a player, you know, and you said, you know, I was kind of a wild guy and I would have been the same way in college and all of a sudden now you, you sit around the, the coaching table and you'll hear some of these coaches say, no, you know, he, 
he doesn't work as hard as, as he should and he's out partying and he's out chasing girls. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you did all that stuff when you were younger too. So how has that kind of helped you maybe, you know, relate to a college kid who's kind of getting into that world where he's living on his own a little bit? You know, you've been through that. You, you understand it, obviously, but you can also talk about some of the mistakes maybe you made while you were growing up in that world. For sure. I think one of the, the greatest things that you have at your disposal as a, as a coach in general is honesty. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I sit there and look back, you know, I don't put all my business in the street. You know, I think that there's a time and yeah. a place to be able to really apply that in the moment. And so that's where I sit there. If I see a guy that's, you know, starting to head down a path where, you know, maybe I did or didn't experience that, but I know I need to nip it early. It's one of those things where I'm going to pull a guy in and have a heart to heart conversation. And that's where building those relationships with your players, where every time they come and see you, it can't just be about discipline. You know, there's times in the middle of the day, like you got to make it. It's kind of like a marriage. You got to make time for it. There's times during the week where I'm prepping and I'm trying to do stuff and one of my guys will be heading to the weight room and I pull him in and I want and I talk to him about everything else but football. We could talk about barbecue. We could talk about, I don't know, Fortnite, whatever they mm-hmm. want. I just want them to know that I actually care about them as a person and that I actually give to, like I, I give a crap and that when it does come time to have those conversations, they can look me in the eye and they can see my disappointment or they can see my frustration or they can see that I'm trying to help. And mm-hmm. so that's the thing that I look at it as kind of the warning signs that because every, you know, it's funny. And like you said, every, every coach, every football coach has got their, their, their stories or this party or that, and this was epic. And I had 25 sacks. I was the man, you know, it's, <laughs> it just seems like we're all the best at everything. But the thing is, is like, you got to sit there and look at, it. that's why I always say, you know, prime example, we were cracking up. We have a new running backs coach, Coach Robbie Rouse. He played at Fresno State. And, you know, he played as a true freshman. And, you know, we got <laughs> – and right now, he's sitting there talking about, hey, man, I've got this – you know, right now we are trying to make sure this guy's doing this and staying on top of that class. And he's like, man, it's like – it's it's me. I'm doing – he's doing to me what my co- what I did to my coach back in, <laughs> in college. And that's why I said, I said, hey, young blood, this is what it is. You – you're paying for the sins of the player as a coach now. And it, it only the, – the juice is always running. It seems to always get a little more steeper as you get deeper in your career. But he kind of laughed and he just sat and said, because, hey, man, he, he wilded out. He had a fun time. And, and, but it wasn't until you had that moment or that, that sit down with a coach like he did, like I did, where they said, I love you, I care about you, but this is not good. This is not right. And if you keep going down this path, you're going to be, A, off the team, B, not successful, and just showing the kids that you actually care about them. And I think that's that's the real deal of it. And so, yeah, using your past experiences to kind of see if there's flags or alerts to say, hey, man. And then that's where you can also, too, is, you know, if you're having conversations with him, you can kind of get to feel how the guy's – how is he? Is he – is he a normally even kill guy? And then all of a sudden he seems stressed. Is it class? Is it a girlfriend? You know, and, and then you try to pick away the onion a little bit and pull some layers and just don't talk about football. You know, even if it's five minutes, it still lets that kid know you care about. That can be a, a, a tough thing to do. I think that's one of the, the big things in my first, whatever this is going to be fourth, four years that 
it's it's some it's easy to forget and easy to not make a point to talk something other than football because you know as a football coach it's obviously and, and as a teacher you're teaching but other than that you're thinking about football and so as soon as you get your guys you know you're wanting to tell them hey don't forget about this and today don't forget to get that second step in the ground don't forget if that mic plus is backside you know all this stuff that it's almost like you've got to make a, a direct point to talk about something other than football. At least I do it. It's something that I've tried a little bit better to get it this year. That's like I've almost got to put it in my schedule, put it in my mind. Remember, let's let's not talk about football the you know every second of the day. Let's remember to ask them something else other than football. It's it's a tough thing I think for me anyways to 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 get done at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like I said. It's, it's- it's just got to work at it. And like I said, by no means am I pulling 18 to 19 guys daily. Sure. But I mean, at some point, Monday through Friday, I've interacted with my guys at least one to two times where it's, if it's even a quick little, hey, man, what's up? And how you doing? How's this? How's your mom? How's your sister? How's your girlfriend? You know, stuff like that. Just trying to, whether it's short or long, just trying to show that I care about them outside of the realm of their performance on the field because they're two different people. I can love you off the field, but sometimes I got to get after that person just like I can love you off the field. And sometimes I got to get off the, I have to get after that person as well because it's got to be able to separate it sometimes as much as you're mad at them for something. It's can't let it hinder their growth as a male or as a young lady. You got to keep them up and and keep them pushing on and, and hopefully make, give them, give them back to the world better than you got them. And I think that mean, that means a lot, obviously, in those those college years, because those those guys are, you know, let's be honest, at Augustana, not not many guys are going to go to the NFL. You know, there's there's not as many guys who, you know, or were like you or like us who who love football and maybe want to go on and coach. You know, there, there'll be a few of those guys, but most of them are just going to go on and, and be husbands to to somebody. They're going to work in businesses. They're going to find other jobs. And, and letting them kind of know that side of it, I think, really, really pushes them in that direction. Um, you'd also said earlier, you know, you're, you're huge on, obviously, building young men, building men of character. And I would imagine Coach O has kind of some pillars of the, the program there at Augustana. What, what are mm-hmm. some things you try to kind of hit on? And maybe, you know, you're, you're amplifying what Coach, Coach O wants to do. But maybe what are some of the twists you're putting on with your offensive linemen to, to help not only, you know, foster those guys' development, but also, you know, foster that team building and that program building. For sure. You know, and that's where working for Coach O for this long, you know, when we were at Olaf, it was the same three pillars as, as it is now at Augustana. It's faith, family, and football. Those are the three things that we're going to hang our hat on. You know, and as, as we look at it in terms of I'm, we're, we're lucky that we get to coach at a Christian institution where we can have that be a part of, our game of football um and 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 not be a detriment uh, the beautiful thing about it is and, and like i said working for a great man and coach o i mean he is uh I'm, I'm my family and i are truly blessed to work for him and so you sit there and you look at it from the perspective of with faith you know we're not going to beat it over our kids heads we're not going to force it down their throat the way our head coach and the way our staff approaches it is is at the end of the day it's it's like a trough it's going to be here and when you're ready to drink you drink plenty we offer FCA, Bible studies, different things that if guys want to attend, cool. If not, okay. But at some point, there's, we try to just explain to guys that at some point in your life, there's going to be hardship, there's going to be uh, tough times, and why not build your faith in the good times 
to harden your resolve when adversity strikes, you know, and especially mm-hmm. as a dad, I tell these guys all the time, man, you guys, you guys think you're men cause you shave and you got all, you're big and muscular and you're working out and the ladies dig you. I was like, you guys don't understand what it's like being a man. So you got to put a roof over your head or your wife's bouncing the checkbook. And maybe this month you're a little short and you're moving money from this count to this counter. You got to take your kid to daycare and go to practice and go to the doctor and you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of other things that being a man and being a positive influence in society. And so with faith, you know, that's where you talk about just kind of having that trough and, and being servant leaders. That's another thing within that pillar is we do a lot of community service, uh, whether that's Habitat for Humanity. Um, we do a spring cleanup uh, where we help out uh, locals um, basically in our community to, to kind of help take some of the things off of their plate, whether it's gardening, whether it's cleaning. You know, we'll do things of that nature. Uh, we've done uh, different things with the um, holy bananas. I, I forget the name at the moment, um, but we've we've done a, a couple of different hospital visits. Uh, we are, we have a great relationship with Sanford, um, which is a uh, a great healthcare system here in the Dakotas, as well as uh, Minnesota uh, and Nebraska. And so you sit there, you know, we're just always trying to give back and give our kids opportunities. You know, like going and doing Miss Amazing, which was awesome with girls with, with, with disabilities and needs, having uh, an escort. You know, the guys get all dressed up in there, their escorts. And it's just, guys, like I said, that adding that piece of their life faith and being a servant leader and helping someone else is something that we want to add. And then, you know, everybody, and I'll tell you guys this, everybody, I tell this to recruits, I tell this to anyone that'll listen, every college football team in the country breaks it down on family, right? That's one of the most consistent themes that you hear about is, like, this is who we are. This is what we're all about, right? But for us at Augustana, it, it's really about love. You know, I ask a recruit all the time, I said, what's, when you look at a family, what's a key ingredient? Some guys will say trust. Some guys will say, you know, accountability. Some guys will say, you know, blood relation. And I said, guys, at the end of the day, it's love. It's being able to sit there and look another guy in the eye and say, hey, man, I've got your back. I love you. And I'm going to go to that night. I'm going to go to that next level for you. I'm going to, I'm going to watch your back and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to go play hard out there for you. And I think that's the big thing that we try to cultivate and, and, and bring along within our program is that love and just doing different things. So like our, our seniors will go out to West river as a group and kind of do a little fellowship um, kind of uh, retreat where they're doing some hunting, some fishing, um, doing some cool things like that and just being together and, and bringing those bonds together. Cause I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, at whether you're playing D3, D2, D1, FCS or FBS or even NAIA, you know, this is your decision to go to play college football is not a four or five year deal. It's, it's one for life. Cause the guys that you play college football with are going to be your brothers for the rest of it. You know, everybody from, me being the only kid on from Illinois at the University of Buffalo for five years, <laughs> and my my uh, our wedding when my wife and I got married in Buffalo, it was a motley crew of guys from all over the country. We're talking Western New York, Michigan, Chicago, I mean all over. That you sit there and go, if it wasn't for football, I would have never met these guys. And they're the best men in my wedding. They're the godfathers to my children. They're the guys I can't go two weeks without without texting and you know, giving each other crap and, and, and stuff like that. And so for us, you know, that family aspect is what we, we, we push and try to give guys life examples that, Hey man, these are your brothers. 
Um, you don't got to be blood to be family. And all you got to have is love to be able to push each other to be great. And then last piece is football. Know what to do, know how to do it, and go get it done. That's why they pay me and call me coach. Um, I got to find a way to reach you. At the end of the day, I'm a teacher, whether I'm teaching my five-year-old son or whether I'm teaching my 23-year-old uh, All-American. At the end of the day, I got to teach that kid as his own person because he's a custom suit, just the same way with our technique. You're a custom suit. I can't coach you all the same. There's no cookie-cutter way. It's it, At times, it sucks balancing out personalities, but that's the only way it works is if you can really understand who a person is and how to reach them. Because for one guy, he may need me to get up in him and yell and scream and do that. Fine, I can be that guy for him. But another guy, if I do the same thing, right, he's just going to go into a shell, and then I'm not going to get what I'm trying to get out of him. So sometimes i got to put my arm around him. i got to change the subject. I got to say something crazy, like ask them if they like blueberry pancakes or something completely, where they just look at you and go, what? And then they take a deep breath. We continue our coaching and then we move forward. And so that's for me, as I sit there and look at it and that Augustana, it's faith, it's family, it's football. Those are our pillars. And that's what our head coach demands of us as a staff. That's what we do as coaches within our room. And we try to bleed that out. I mean, coach O is adamant about our staff trying to, have the guys over for dinner as coaches, you know, maybe once a season. So once in the spring, once in the fall, um, and just having that opportunity for guys to break bread as a unit and to see the coach where he's not in an office or on a field, you know, where his TV's playing in the background. It's like for us to kind of create that family and that camaraderie in that room and then to build those relationships, we watch the NFL draft every, every year we watch the NFL draft. We watch the, since it's gone, you know, before it was like the first two or whatever, we always watch the first night. And so we get barbecue. I'm a huge barbecue guy. And so um, I'm always hitting that up. And so my guys this year, you know, we, we've got brisket, we got pulled pork. Uh, we did it big. We did it right. They worked hard in the off season. So we spent the extra money and, and it, for some reason with old Lyman, right. I guess the way to our, our hearts is our stomachs. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> and so, I was say know, we, we need we're gonna need I say we're gonna need to have a little barbecue conversation here, Harper, because I, I just got a new house. I'm gonna be getting a smoker now too, so I'm I'm starting to get really excited about it. So w let's continue on this one. Let's let's keep rolling. But that's um, it, it, yeah, it's for me as I sit there and look at it. You know, I, we get the guys over. My wife, God bless her, she can't cook, but she can bake, <laughs> and so. <laughs> She makes the best sweets and desserts, and so it's just, you know, we, we don't let the guys eat until everybody's got bread, and, and, you know, we just we kind of take a moment and just say, this is what it's about. You know, some of the best moments I have playing college football sometimes aren't even, I know for a fact, a couple of them have nothing to do with the game of football. It has everything to do with the guys I've played with, the guys that are from Michigan, the guys that are from Ohio, Pennsylvania, West New York. As like I said, I would have never met if i never gone there. And it's sitting at a table, breaking bread as brothers and being able to say, hey, man, I got you. Um, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like brothers in normalcy. You're going to want to beat the snot out of each other, hit each other with a two-by-four. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you still love him. There's still, if, he, if his back was against the wall, you're going to put yours next to his and you're going to go face it head on. And that's, that's what we're trying to build, you know, at Augie. And then just using simple things, just like, Coach O doesn't have a ton of rules with our guys. 
you know, we're not going to sit here and bang commandments on guys and just say, listen, you got to do this, 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 this. We're going to try and teach them as adults until they no longer can handle that privilege. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the number one rule in our program is the golden rule. It embodies a lot of things. <laughs> Treat others the way you want to be treated. Be respectful. You know, sit in the front. For us, one of the little rules that we put is sit in the front row. Build a relationship with your professor. You know, be courteous. Say yes, ma'am. No, sir. I'm 32 years old. I'll be 32 in August. I still say yes, ma'am. No, sir. You know, it's like there's nothing wrong with that, having that respect factor. You know, and that's – it's just the little things that we do, we're trying to get these guys to understand that it's – those little things are going to help you out in the real world. Teaching a guy how to shake a hand. Like, yeah. really, like, people today, you put, you come in and you shake and someone gives you that limp fish and you're just like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, I want to wipe my hand and be like, what is that? You know, just get in there, get in there firm. You don't got to break my hand, but, you know, something like that. Or making eye contact, being able to communicate, teaching leadership skills. I mean, these are all things that people, Fortune 500 companies, they want to they hire. And so if we can build that in our program that we do at Augustana, by using the little things with the family, the faith, the football, and then building relationships because this game, especially for our staff, is more transformational than transactional. That at the end of the day, you're going to walk out a better person than you walked in. And I think for us, that's why we have a high retention rate with our players. You know, we're not going to be a school that's going to offer 30 guys right now and say, well, if we get one, we're good. We're going to do our homework, we're going to build relationships. We're going to really try to find out about this guy because it's as much as a recruitment of him as it is a recruitment of us. We want guys that want to be there and guys that understand that. And that's for us, we feel our winning football is if you can focus on the man, the player will come. I, I love that. And I love what you say, you know, even about coach, you talked about, you, know, you don't remember as much football as you do about your friends. I, I remember, you know, very little of the games that I've played in in college and, and not from being hit in the head a bunch, but just, you know, guys will be like, you remember when we played uh, whoever? And I said, no, I didn't remember. I had no idea we played them or, you know, whatever. Uh, we had a coach on that was talking about uh, when we played Tulsa in 2011 and one of the throws that Case made, what our quarterback made. And, and I was like, no, I don't remember that. But I do remember before the game was the first uh, game that we had red gloves and all the all my teammates and me were losing our minds uh, in the locker room before the game. <laughs> we thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and we thought we had made it. And we were celebrating for the game because we had red gloves. <laughs> so. And that, but, but but that's the stuff, though. You know, like I sit there and remember our our like travel, like on the flights or in the hotel, just the the sheer stupidity and silliness <laughs> as a player that, you know, you get away with and, and as a as an FBS player and you're, you know, you're eating like a king, like they're putting you to the electric chair tomorrow because <laughs> they're trying right. to get you primed and ready. And then you're on the bus and <laughs> the silly stories and just all those. Like, I remember those. Like, yeah, I've played in a lot of games. I, I remember some things, but I could never go back and tell you, hey, when we played Auburn, this, oh, this play, <laughs> not right. a chance. <laughs> you know, but I, I remember my boys. I remember just the, the places we played and the experiences I had. And that, for me, I mean, I'm, I got a giant smile on my face just talking about it because it takes me back. And that's what I'm trying to create with our players is that someday when they're looking back on this, that 
it's a happy moment and it's a smile moment. And it's whether it's at my expense, that coach, <laughs> there, right. something I did something stupid, you know, cause I'm going to do it at the end of the day. It, it was positive. And that's where we're always trying to take steps forward to create positive men, to create positive leaders. So that's, that's our mission. I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's all of our missions, whether you're coaching any level, you're trying to just, trying to focus on the kids, get them better, and let them have a little fun. You know, yes, you want to be competitive, and by no means coaches of my center saying, hey, you know, we don't want to win at Augustana. No, that is not it at all. But we got to find a time when it's business, and we definitely got to find some time for the old pleasure because you want to make sure that you're always in a, a balanced triangle. Don't ever let one side get out of whack. Otherwise, you're going to be split your differential, and you're going to be out of it. Well, that's you, you talk about the uh, pregame meals and stuff. Um, the, it was always the funny part for me was like uh, the brunch or the breakfast, whatever. You could be as loud as you want. You could talk whatever you want. You know, you could talk, hang out and eat. And then for whatever reason, like three hours later, four hours later, whenever it was, it was your, your pregame <laughs> meal. You had to all be silent. And so that never made yeah. any sense to me. You're not allowed to talk during that. And I was like, I don't know what these coaches are, are doing. And then the other funny thing that now that I see as a coach is like, you'd see some coaches that were really uptight, you know, like four hours before a game and it's a coach, they have nothing to do almost. I mean, they're just coaching and they're super uptight and they're asking you weird questions that, you know, what do you do on this, this, and this? And you're like, this guy's freaking out, losing his mind. And then now that I'm a coach, now I see myself doing some of that stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Now, now I guess I get it. It's that's it's your nervousness. It's your, it's your before the storm. It's <laughs> exactly hey, man, right. It is. It, it is. It, it, it's crazy. It's funny. Oh. I'm probably almost like now, like the the opposite of the spec spectrum. I mean, I would get a little bit uptight and nervous, but now it's just like I'm almost going to the games. I, I feel like a fan because you know if you've done your job as a coach and, and the guys, you you hope they're ready. But at that point now, I'm just like, hey man, they're the ones playing. You know, I think they're ready. We'll see we'll see if they make some plays. I'm just going to sit up here in the box and and enjoy this one. Now when well, I was man, calling it. Oh. When I was calling it, I was probably a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But now, now it's just spotting. It's a little bit easier. That, that's true. Calling it's got more. Hey, man, our OC, I, I don't want to be in his shoes sometimes. Say, hey, Coach Perry, you want to, hey, man, you get paid the big bucks. I just tell him how to block it. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, you tell me, I'll, I'll tell you how to block it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. You tell me, and I'll, I'll figure, hey, I'm a, I like, that's why I tell people all the time, like, oh, line, you know, like, what are you in run game corner? Like, what do you, I was like, listen, I'm just an engineer for our OC. <laughs> he tells me he wants this done, then I'm going to find a way to make it efficient and simple for my guys to remember, and let's practice it and execute the heck out of it. That's, I'm an engineer at, at its core. That's what my job is, is, to block it and get it right so we can have success. Well, like you said, that's going to be one of the biggest parts as, as an offensive line coach, and, and we've all three have been offensive line coaches, or, or our offensive line coaches is just the efficiency that you have to bring uh, to each play, like you said, if if the OC wants to put something new in that week or or whatever, you've got to find some way to make it mirror something the kids have already done. You've got to find out whatever footwork works best, but you really don't want to install a completely new footwork. So, how are you going to tie it to something else? How are you going to somehow, you know, now it's time to whatever give a new play a a name or a number? Okay, well, can we make it sound like something else because they know this other play and, and that'll maybe uh, spark some recognition in their minds. They won't be thinking about that as much. And then maybe they can use that exact same footwork and, and all that stuff. And, and to me, that's the biggest part is just 
the efficiency of each of the plays that you put in on a week. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, is I mean, you're 100 percent right. I mean, the way that we that we're going to tag it and do things is we just call a single word for our play, you know, in terms of scheme, whether it's pass protection or whether it's run. So it, we've got an R and we got an L, and so we know that for us that's an, that's important, you know. But we also have other things built in that we can go to that if like a defense ever got wind of what we're trying to do. So for us, I mean, it's and you're 100% right. I'm trying to make this play, like, block it like this. The only change, guys, is for the wing or right. the running back's angle or, you know, stuff like that. And it's funny is because, like, you sit there and you look at it. Sometimes as coaches, you know, you're trying to draw the – you're trying to get the perfect blocking scheme at the right situation. And sometimes we as coaches become, like, paralyzed. You know, it's paralysis by analysis. Because you're just trying to get it perfect, perfect, perfect when just keeping it simple, tying it, like you said, into something that they already know, but explaining what the change is, that it's got this different meaning. Why we wouldn't call it that then if, if it's the same? Well, this is why. Schematically, it's, it's for the running back or for a quarterback read or if it's for the, the wing or your fullback or your tight end. And I think when we, you, you can teach the game at a higher level, now they're starting to understand the X's and O's and why things piece together. And that's when you can really have some upper level conversations. And that's for us, for me as a coach, that's where I get really revved up and excited is because now you've taught something as a like, you know, and our head coach and our OC are, they want me to do it that way where it's teach things like, make it look like this, do things in like, then you're not having so many craziness things going on where you know, in a game, I got a player, he comes off the field, and, and I demand, that's one thing, guys, I demand my players are honest. In the moment, I've got to check myself sometimes in my competitive nature where a kid just says, Coach, it's my fault. I need to know, is it scheme, or did you just get beat? And sometimes you can't rip them for getting beat because you don't want to come back to that play. Right. But having that, yeah. but having that upper-level conversation with them and say, hey, Coach, you know, you know, we're calling this play, but we can almost switch the way we're blocking it like this to kind of take advantage of what's going on and I think that's been what's really awesome is like you said is tying things in with like concepts and like blocking schemes can have your players have a vested and input into what you're doing but then it also makes you as efficient as a coach because now you're not pulling from 80 different things and blocking 80 different concepts you're keeping it simple you're keeping it smooth keeping it concise and therefore your players should be able to succeed and and have success at a high level I I love when you hear the the kids say it, and it's even more awesome. Like when you're coming up with with new plays or what to call things, and you're able to ask the kids, "Hey, what do you guys want to call it?" And they're always, "Well, it's kind of like this, Coach. Can we call it this?" Yep, I love it. Let's go with it. You know, or it's even cooler when you've come up with a name. Like Harper came up with all the names for our our run game when I was there at BA, and all of a sudden you're asking some of the kids, "Hey, does that make sense?" Oh, Coach, it makes perfect sense. So that's kind of validates you as a coach. You're like, all right, well, I guess we're on the same page here. The, the kids are, are able to learn it. Well, so that's, I, I, I agree with what you said about the, the ownership. When the kids come up with it, they want to do good. Oh, yeah. They want to they want to have, have that play work. Well, and that's like our court, like our OC, we, you know, we'll signal stuff. And our OC is also our quarterback coach, Coach James Shrink. And he'll sit there and, you know, we'll, how many times have you sat in a meeting where you're like, how are you going to communicate this from the sideline? If you're not a wristband team or uh, yeah. a number team oh, or whatnot, God. and you've got 10 million signals, that's us. 
And so we'll be sitting at meetings sometimes, and you're going, well, we're calling the play Raptors, so how do we make a signal for Raptors? You know? And you're sitting in a meeting, and you're just sitting there like, and my wife, by the way, who thinks that as a football coach, I do absolutely nothing in my office. And then I'm proving it right when we're sitting in meetings going, how do we signal Raptor? How do we how do we get Raptor across? You know, and then it becomes the or what's another word that goes with Raptor? And you're looking for synonyms at, at the dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. But like Raptor, rapper. Yeah. So like our our quarterbacks, our OC James, just sat there and said at one point, coach is just like, you know what? There'll be times where we'll bring in our 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 starter QB one and QB two. And we'll bring him in and just be like, hey, we're thinking this. Or he'll bring that up in a meeting with them, and he'll say, hey, the quarterbacks will get the signal. And so they'll just make the signal. And sometimes uh, they're, they're, they border, you know, they borderline uh, – that was a good way to <laughs> oh, put it. Uh, but, you know, they, they border, they're borderline with signals, but uh, it's our little circus, and so we, we like the craziness in our own pen. So sometimes our QBs are the ones – because they're the ones that got to see it in the wide receivers because my guys are looking for cues. Uh, but it's just funny. It's like that ownership with the quarterbacks. And they're like, oh, why don't we just call it this and we'll signal it this way. And then you're like, okay, cool. It was coaches. We just spent 30 minutes looking through thesaurus and dictionary.com. <laughs> they're always way cooler than us. They always come up with better signals. It's, those are the first, they're the first guys you ask every single time. It's the same thing with offensive line calls. You're like, hey, here's what I've called it. What do you guys want to call it? Uh, don't worry. And it's almost like their own secret language. Hey, we'll have, we'll have something for a coach. Don't worry about it. All right, cool. They will see their guys. I had so I they had to build my trust on that one. What do you want to call them? Because I had a couple of guys when we first got in at Augie that you know that you know Coach Bear doesn't have the cleanest mouth in the world. I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes a couple of words I got to do better about that. You know, I'm trying to clean it up. But sometimes the word may come up. And these guys, they were like trying to name calls those words, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not okay in this because this is gonna be on me and. You know, having our head coach give me that, you know, that, that Vader stare where I'm going to he's like sucking my soul out of my body. Like, no, <laughs> not doing that, man. Like, please don't do that. So they had to earn that right, you know, over, over a period of time before I really gave him a chance to say, right, what do you want to call it? Um, but now, yes, my guys have more ownership and a little more say. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll bring my starters, you know, I'll bring our travel guys in and, and they're one of our early meetings. You know, before we really have that that final, um, basically that final presentation of, hey, this is a scouting report, these are the guys, sometimes I'll give my guys an opportunity and I'll share film with them early. They watch it and I say, listen, this is where we're going. What do you think? You know, obviously this isn't a democracy where they have a, you know, 50-50 vote on how everything works. Um, at the end of the day, this is just, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I want to attack are you guys seeing anything different or anything that can help? And I've actually had one or two instances over the last, this being my sixth year at Augie, one or two instances where, you know, I saw it from a different set of eyes and it was like, okay, all right, let's try it. And it was successful. So it's, you know, that's, I think that's part of that ownership. And just like you said, giving the kids a vested interest in what they're doing, they're going to bleed for it more. They're going to work harder for something that they have ownership in. 
And I think you think about it more. I mean, I remember when I was playing, if, if we had any kind of say in it, you actually had some thought about, you know, oh, well, let's do it this because of, of this reason. And, and we'd have certain ways we had to block things and we'd say, this is stupid. We don't think we should have to do it, but we'd have to do it anyway. I mean, it's not something we, there were some coaches, we didn't get to bring it up. It was just, that's what we're going to do it. And then it ended up, it didn't work. Um, I remember we had, uh, we put in one year uh, diamond formation <laughs> and we all hated diamond formation. It never worked. And we tried to tell the coach, but I guess they didn't care. They thought it was cool. They're going to have three freakazoid athletes back there, and no one knows who's going to get it. And it never worked. And so we'd be in the huddle. We'd be up on the line of scrimmage, and they'd be calling the diamond personnel, and I'd just be sitting there like, I know this isn't going to work. <laughs> it seems like it <laughs> it's, just, it's funny those little things that you, I do remember things like that. It seemed like it never ever worked. But you know, it, it's cool being able to have the the ability to do that. And then also, what I was going to say is maybe not with your kids, but I know when I was playing, no matter what the coach told us to call our calls, when it was game time and it was time to to make them and the bullets were flying, we were going to call it whatever we called it anyways. True story. I, uh... <laughs> That, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was always my favorite. You'd, you'd be sitting there and, and the guys have this call. I'm like, what the heck does that call? Like, Coach, it, it's, a, it's a dummy call. We just come up with these dummy calls. We don't want them stealing our calls. Like, All right, <laughs> whatever. But they, I mean, they'd have like their whole, it's like a secret language. And I thought it was hilarious. And then after a while, you know, they start telling you some <laughs> of it. But I just let them go with it. Again, why, why, why squelch that? Because they were having fun with it. They're thinking football. They're talking football. They're engaged in the game. You know, who am I to sit there and be the guy that, that's complaining about them being on my lawn? You know, I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be the guy that just, just let, the, let those dudes have fun, you know. And they're like, you know, Coach Walls lets us, lets us roam. And then when I needed to pull the reins back, they, they understood that they were, they were crossing the line. So I just love that give and take of being able to coach the, the offensive line and, and the, the camaraderie and the relationships you have. It's just a, it's a blast. There's nothing like it. Um, 100% agree. Coach, I know you, and I, and I met you, I think, for the first time was when we went to uh, LaCharles's deal up at, in Ames at Iowa State. And I know you recruit our area, so we talked here yep. in Ankeny. How, how has, mm-hmm. has LaCharles kind of changed your life? I know you had a pretty cool story about, you know, the impact he's had on your coaching career. And I think, you know, he's had a, a huge impact on a lot of people's coaching career. But I think your story is pretty cool in terms of, of OLP and the Charles. I, the thing for me with like LB and what he, what he's brought to the table is he's made me kind of take a step back and go, why do I do the things I do? You, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, is it, is it because it's what I've like his whole thing doing something because that's what you've always done is kind of just insane. Now, yeah. I, and, and it's with OLP and, and LaCharles and just, you know, with the following them early, you know, I'm not in there like Coach Manning was back in the, the long days where he was, you know, when he was in San Francisco and he had his first shot before this one and, and, and even in Cleveland. But, like, reading his books and just getting a deeper understanding and finding the, the biomechanics and the, and, and the movements of what we're trying to get our kids to do. And that's – as I sat there and looked at it and just – took a step back and said, why am I doing this? How can I do better? And as a coach, sometimes it's tough for us to eat our own pill where you're just like, 
this isn't working. Like why, if I can't diagnose a problem, let alone have the fix for the issue, why am I going to continue that? You know, and that's where LB just kind of brought a new level with, you know, drive catch. It's simple. It's not that far off of what people are saying with like lead steps. And he's just trying to put it in a way that's getting you to forcefully drive off the backside and forcefully put or force to the ground with your lead foot. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's finding a way it's fighting a medium that you can get the point across to get your kids to execute. And with tracks, with being able to have, you know, just different things with turning your elbows or keeping your elbows tight to your rib cage and, and the rotational of your thumbs to create that strike and being able to fight pressure with our P2P with pressure to pressure and just seeing that kind of stuff and, and how LeCharles is, is changing it. Because I think what LeCharles is doing, and, and at the end of the day, guys, it's not for everybody. You know, by no means am I sitting there saying, hey, everybody should – confined to what LaCharles is saying, because LaCharles isn't even saying that. He wants to have an open dialogue yeah. as to say, why do you do it? And I'm not saying you're wrong, but why do you do it? And here's why I do it this way, but I back mine up with science. I back mine up with mechanics. Mm-hmm. I back mine up with this is why. And everybody's got a different, but just to do something because you've done it, is, or it's, you've always done it that way, it, that's like the way he puts it in a Stone Age. And that's for me is I, uh, the way that I really appreciate LB is that he treats football as a science and that he's like, he wants a working organism because he wants to, he wants to flow. He wants to talk. He wants to, to have conversation about stuff. And sometimes people get their panties in a lot about it where you're just like, well, that's dumb. Well, is it dumb because you don't agree with it or is it dumb because it's, it's wrong? You know, why is it dumb? And that's, that's for me as I look at it and just the way that he had me grow up as a coach and say, well, why, you know, and then just take a step back and say, man, that's silly. I was doing that because of, I thought that that's just the way it's done. Well, now you go back and you do some things and, and making the pilgrimage down to Phoenix and, and seeing him and just, I mean, and seeing and with these books and the, he's so upfront with a story about like, Hey man, you're probably never going to walk. You're not going to have that leg and it could die. Like you could die from it. And then having all the infections and all this other stuff. Now he's walking. He's strong as an ox. The guy has fought adversity and walked out like a man on fire, you know? And that's for me, as I look at it as a, as a coach and a mentor is to say, Hey man. So I come back and go, why are we doing this? How can I do it better? And am I doing it at the best way that they can have it? Like the custom suits, that's him. Mm-hmm. We're all different. I'm six five and I'm three hundred. My my right tackle six seven and he's three twenty. We're all different people. We're all wearing a suit. There's basic ideologies that we follow. There's basic principles and pillars. But at the end of the day, he might have a little bit more in the back. I might have a little more in the chest. He might need a little bit more in his quads, but still a suit. You know, it's your stance and just getting out. I tell guys like now, like my guys right now are working through the summer we don't even try to get crazy with what they're trying to work with because they've run it now for five years that I don't even have to coach my guys in the summertime anymore. Well, technically I can't and I don't, <laughs> but I'm just, saying, like, right. I'm just saying from the perspective of like the guys, they do it on their own now and they coach each other, but they follow the same organ, like the organized working manner that we install and that we practice. They do it the same way. 
and they do it that we do. They do it the same way I do it in spring ball when I am allowed to work with them and go from it. And just working on your stance. Because you look at sprinters, yeah, they all can run fast, but who can be the most efficient and explosive guy out of the blocks? That's where you, or girls, you can go. And so fixing the stance, getting that, being able to get your hips involved in the run game, it's, it's a, so many things, guys. And for me, LaCharles kind of just, he, he, and he took football as an onion and then he took a sledgehammer, like the crazy guy from the 80s that would just smash crap all over the place. He just smashed the onion and just said, <laughs> let's go. Why are you doing? And he made me peel back why I do what I do. And I had a gut check a couple of times where like, well, you're there. You're, you're just, you're not doing it right. And that's where I had to take a step back and do it. And since then, I mean, he's been awesome. And the thing is, is he's great. Cause he, he wants to help people. He wants to make the game better. And at the end of the day, he just wants to help kids. He wants to make offensive, excuse me. <clears throat> he wants to make offensive line play better. And that's what I get excited about because I'm an O-line coach and I coach the fat kids that at times people didn't want or people didn't see something in. And it's my job to give them that hope, that pride, that power to say you are important. And you know what? We're going to put an emphasis on this because we're pretty bad dudes. Well, and then like you said, when you really think about why you're having the kids do something, it makes you break it down and then emphasize some of the smaller things that maybe you didn't think about. Like you said, if you're going to step with your left foot, you know, you, he deconstructed that into, well, I better be putting force with my opposite foot to step with my left foot, uh, you know, and, right. and something that sounds like always pissed him off was the six inch step. I know, I know everyone wanted to say, <laughs> you know, everyone meant short step, but everyone got into six inches and then, you know, he's, why is six better than four, better than three and a half, you know, which, which is exactly or 70, right. 30. Or 70% in, there's 70% inside. Like, how am I supposed to put 70% exactly? You know, like stuff like that. And I sat there as a coach going, oh my God, I've been telling my kids like 60, 40 for years. And then you go back and you're like, well, you're a dummy. No wonder why you look back. You're getting beat around the edge. Because every time I they try to go throw a strike or stick, and then boom, they get short edged. You know, and they're not chambering that elbow. They're not playing tight with the hands. And so that's where I sat there and looked at it as like, bear, you dummy, you know. Let's take a step back, regroup, refocus, and now I change the way that I do it. We're more balanced in our stance, regardless if it's pass or run. We're 50-50 in our equilibrium. Our stance is our custom suit that some guys need a wider base, some guys need a tighter base, some guys need a narrower, or, yeah, a narrower base. But at the end of the day, our hips are all, or are all forward together, our eyes are fixated on our guys, and our elbows are tight, and our thumbs are out, and we don't overcoach the strike. That was another thing, the punching. Don't overcoach it. It's a basic, natural thing that if you're going to get hit, you're going to what? Throw a jab. It's fight or flight. Don't overcoach the fight or flight reflex that, that is protecting yourself. And so that's where you want to you wanna maybe make it more efficient and more deadly, but by no means. So that's where for me is like I try not to overcoach and I give guidelines and I try to not by say guidelines, but I try to give my guys different coaching points and things to adhere to. But at the end of the day, I died by no means am I sitting here spending hours on hours on strikes because I want them to throw the hands. And when they throw them, I want you to grab on, get up in them and move. Whenever replace your hands, if you don't have to. I love it, man. I agree with all, all the coaching points, you know, it, all those things, you know, my, my favorites, the guys that use the shoots, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to teach them pad level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bending get... at the waist. 
Yeah, I'm going to get him in the shoots, have him bend at the waist, and then as, as, soon as, as soon as we get into team, first thing, what's happened? Everybody plays at their natural pad level anyway, or whatever the hell you want to call it. I mean, everyone now they get mad if you say pad level, so I don't even know what to call it anymore. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just hilarious, I think. And, again, hey, hey why do you use the shoots? Well, I, I, when I played football, I came out of the shoots, you know, and I fired off low because I was just a killer, you know, or whatever. But <laughs> it's just, it's just funny to, to hear. It's like you said, the reasoning behind it, everyone has their I story or, you know, why. And I want to sit there and just ask them, what is your data? You know, give me the actual science behind it. Tell me why. Don't give me your story about how awesome you did it or how awesome you think it is. Tell me why it's, it's universal. Or it's close to universal. I mean, or, or I agree with you everything on, versus, on sit versus squat. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's that's another one. It's like, hey, sit on the bull. Like I've had to like because it's just been ingrained in me from time. Like all my coaches in college, are like, hey, you got to sit on the bull. You got to sit on the bull. There's guys <laughs> that are still I listen to in clinics. Are like, hey, we sit on the bull, and I'm going, you hear it, you hear it, and I'm about to say it and pass for one on ones. They're like, squat. You gotta squat, you know, squat and squeeze, you know, like, and it's, it's tough when those natural coaching cues are just so ingrained in you that that's your first response. And you got to push that demon back down and say, squat, lower your center of gravity, squeeze, squeeze your elbows. And that's like, you're a hundred percent right. Like the shoots. Well, so I'm going to tell them to play lower by bending at the waist, which is not a way that you're going to be able to engage your hips forcefully to be able to roll through and go. So you're just like, okay, you know, that's the stuff that's, and I'm telling you, it's like, you can keep going for days of just little LB isms where you're just like, but at the end of the day, it's really coaching cues because drive and catch yes. is putting efficiency in, in your movement. And that's that for me, it's the force. It's always over. It's emphasizing force angles and, and being able to play stable. That's where I take away from LB, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, angles force and stability and doing the little things that we'll do with our warm-ups and are all different things like we'll do the med ball kegel uh kegels for warm-ups like basically like my warm-up for guys is like there's some lb in them and then there's not you know like a prime example we wake up or the first thing we do we walk out for one hour for pre-practice our kids are going uh hurdle step overs and step unders then they go to med ball kegels but before they even walked out of the before they've even walked out of the locker room, they've got to do a shoulder complex to kind of get their body going in terms mm-hmm. of their upper body, like their lats, um, just their upper back, shoulders, all that kind of jazz. That's our training staff that I looked into. And it's all based off of like LB asking questions. It's just like, hey, you know, you see a lot of labrum injuries and, and, and rotator cuffs and stuff. How can I help doing this? And I went to our athletic trainer and he's like, well, Bear, Honestly, here this is an exercise battery that I put you guys through on rehab, but it's a great prehab to get the thing going. And so we started doing that, and all of a sudden, my guys felt tighter when they wanted to actually strike and engage and use their hands because now those things have woken up just like your adductors with the Kegels. You're waking up those neurons. You're getting those fibers to fire. Mm-hmm. Now when I call upon them, they're ready to go. And so I'm more like that. Just say, hey, let's get things warmed up aside from your standard jog across the field, lunge, touch your toes, um, 
you know, do their hurdles. See, everybody's done the same darn warm-up for years, whether it's at a faster tempo or yeah. slower tempo. There's running. There's a lot of different stretches and calisthenics. And I'm sitting there sometimes, I'm like, hey, I need to get my guy. Like, I'm a big band guy. And I know LB, late as of late, has been like, hey, the bands aren't a lot of things that you want to do. use them for versus resistance because you're training bad habits and inefficient movements. But I actually use the bands more for rehabilitation and stretching and yeah. more emphasis on like those elbows like the stuff with the the you know where you take your your kick set and you're working on the on the the board that he has and keeping the elbows tight and you're just playing that game of having them getting pulled from behind like they've got reins and they're holding these bands you know it's stuff like that but by no means i've i've kind of cashed them out and this was about two years ago before I'll be even stopped, I stopped using the bands and more of my execution because I saw it was making my guys inefficient. And now I use them more for smaller stack things that I want to emphasize a point. And then I also use it more for stretching and prehab because I think that's a big thing that coaches just kind of breeze over. Because you, you want to get your athletes primed. You wouldn't go ask a NASCAR or, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go run 100 miles if you didn't train for it. So get that thing going. Get it warmed up. No, it's it's like you said, it's important, but it's always the worst when you're a player. I, I think I hate it. I think I hate it warm-ups. And, and I never got to do any warm-ups that were just specialized for offensive line. So maybe I would have liked that a little better. But I hated just the normal warm-ups. I hated them, doing the, the high knees and the butt kicks and all that. And then we'd get a new strength coach, and he'd have a new fancy way to warm up. And I was just like, ugh. I always hated that part, but I would have liked to get some shoulder, you know, prehab and, and some of that stuff rolling uh, before practice, before we start hitting and doing some things. But, you know, we, we both talked about, we all talked about, you know, those shoots, but uh, you got a guy that's 6'5", and you got a guy that's 5-whatever, 11. It helps neither of those guys. I just, <laughs> right. Never made sense to me. I mean, five eleven, five eleven breezes through six five smacks his head. <laughs> That's exactly right. And then, you know, I had coaches that just loved it, and I just it never made sense to me. But it's cool to see all that. And then, like you talked about, which was one of the biggest things that I try to take from it is is you know with LB and just with all the offense line guys out there, it's just new vernacular. You know, maybe you've got maybe it's forced through the ground, or maybe it's you call it something else, but having three, four, five different terms for it where maybe you keep saying one word, but there's one kid that just doesn't get it. Well, now you can call it something else to that kid, or you can try out a couple other catchphrases where, oh, okay, for whatever reason, this kid, um, it doesn't make sense to say whatever, shove off of this foot. It makes more sense to tell him, you know, whatever it is. Some, just use a little bit different of a word, and boom, for whatever reason, that's what clicks for that kid. Um, I think that's been a, a major help for me is just having the ability to have different words or different phrases, even for the same thing, just for different kids that maybe it doesn't click with them. For sure. And that's, that's it, man. And like you said, that's, you just explained the base emphasis of teaching, getting your, getting your, your content across and getting your, your students or your players to execute. And if that medium's got to change, if it's, if it's got to be a different word or coaching cue or a style, by you doing that, you're going to help that kid because not every kid's the same, and that's what we're here for. Want to see kids succeed, Coach Bear? They making you guys still teach classes at Augustana? I, I worked at Augustana actually back in the day, 2007, I that's think. Right. I, had, I had to that's teach. Right. I, I had to teach a class there. They they made me teach a uh, a weights class. 
I will say this. I teach the most technically awesome and hard weightlifting <laughs> class you've ever experienced in college. It's pretty so yes, I still teach. I teach one class in the fall. I teach one class in the spring. They've been really good about it. Um, it, it meets Monday, Wednesday, or actually, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Monday and Wednesdays, one hour. Um, and it's a one credit class. So by no means am I earth shattering, but you know, the funny thing I always tell people the first day is like, listen, do as I say, not as I do. If you look like me, we got issues. I'm just trying <laughs> to help shake the old college fun out of you. I'm giving you a base strategy, a base circuit training, um, something that you could walk away. And if you wanted to go to any time fitness or something, once you graduate, you can see results. You can work different, these different groups and just talking about nutrition and, and sleep and, and getting enough water as well as hitting the major, you know, parts and, and muscle groups of the body. Uh, yeah, I keep it pretty low key and, and the kids like me, I'm a real hard ass the first like day and week. I want to see who's like, Oh my God, this class is too much crap. And then it becomes pretty casual <laughs> after that. Once we wean out all the softies and I become pretty, pretty <laughs> flexible and, and you know, it's, 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 it's a good course, you know, they still offer the, uh, I always wanted to teach the racquetball class. I thought that was the funnest one. They still, they still teaching that one or not. So they've enrolled. So they bring it together with like a net sports kind of thing. So it's like, it's, it's not a hundred percent racquetball, um, but they do like net sports. Like they'll teach tennis and volleyball. And then there's like, badminton. Uh, I know one of our coaches, exactly badminton. And then they'll do like a racquetball portion. I know there's, I know there's a, a gentleman who comes on campus and does one. Uh, and he just kind of does it for, but he does handball. That's what it is. Oh, he nice. comes in and teaches handball. Uh, but racquetball gets folded into like hitting in net sports and, our linebackers coach, Coach King, teaches that class. I'm glad I do not. I like my weight <laughs> training class. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's tough sometimes when you're trying to balance. You know, you're trying to get the scout cards done for practice, and you're trying to yeah. get that oh, film yeah. watched and all that other stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, man, I how high school coaches do it, man, you guys are the kings. Because, like, if you're teaching a full class load during the day, and then you're playing Friday night, and you're just trying to get up, wow, wow. Yeah. I as a college coach sitting there going, gee whiz, man, I, I cry about my 50-minute weight training class twice a week going, oh, I don't have enough time. You know, and you guys are sitting there teaching, you know, four sections of algebra or calculus and science and business, and I'm just whining about weight training. But it's good. I enjoy it. You know, and that's – I love working with college kids, and it's it's a fun time, and you can, you can have a great relationship with them and a, a more, I would say, modern relationship where – you know, it's kind of fun, and you're kind of that – you can be that cool Uncle Bear, you know, like, hey, man, yeah. yeah, that's cool. You know, especially with students. But, like, what kills me, guys, is so you bring up – everyone calls me Coach Bear. But <laughs> I can't stand it when students call me Matt. I want to launch them <laughs> into the hemisphere. Like, when a kid comes up to me and says, hey, Matt, can I do this? Or they email me, oh. hey, Matt. Like, bro, I don't know you. I don't know who you are and why you're calling me Matt. It could be Coach Bakulis, Coach Bear, Mr. Bakulis. Like, let's keep it formal. But, hey, Matt, Matt, bro, Matt, Matt, I want to. My wife has had to stop me from going on, like, an email raid on a couple of kids a couple times. They're like, hey, Matt, not going to be there. I got this snowboarding trip to Aspen with my parents. Not going to be there. And I'm like, I want to 
I'm going to come after your soul. You're getting a B minus now, and I hope it hurts. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I, I, just, I hate it when that. I hate when you just get the 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 last name with nothing in front of it. Me too. Why, That's my. I was just going to say that. Burned me <laughs> up. One of hey, our one of our hey, Harper. Hey, one Harper. Of our sophomores hit me with that uh, this year, and they learned really quick that that's not what you do. I was. I don't know why, but it burned. Uh, Harper and I was like, oh, I lost my mind. I hate that. I don't know why. Yeah, I say, coach, you don't even have to remember my name. I didn't remember half the coaches I played for. Just called them coach, and it was all good. That's that is it. Well, that's. My wife, she'll sit there and say, because my guys that I play with in college, they'd be like, hey, you know, they call me Baku or Bakulis, and so and my friends and in college, and then my wife sometimes is like, listen, Bakulis, and I'm like, it's like weird coming out of your wife's mouth, like, you're Bakulis, like, what are you saying, like, what are you doing, like, I'm your husband, not your, like, hey, your college squeeze, we're married now, we got three kids, we're in it for the long haul, bro, like, it's, it's like, hey, Bakulis, I'm like, duh. This is insane. Although, obviously, I can get revved up for it. This is a small thing, you know, like, hey, Matt, I don't know you. Like, <laughs> it's classic because I can see those Augustana kids saying that to you. Oh, and they're like, oh, hey, about it. oh, hey like, Matt. Uh, Matt, what's up? Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes you'll have an, an extreme national student, and there's still, you know, the barrier between language, and they're trying and, you know, they'll be like, Matt. And I'll just be like, oh, I'm not good. And I just, <laughs> like, it's, you know, Mr. just say Mr. B. That's it. I got it. Just throw Mr. Throw a coach. I don't care. Just don't use my first name. And then I won't want to slaughter you or fail you. That's right. Coach is always the easiest. You don't have to remember anything. Just coach and, and roll with it. That's it. Hey, coach. You got it. Up, guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get that like the very first like few weeks of, of teaching class everyone's like coach or mister and they can never remember my last name I said look guys you don't ever even have to know my name call me coach and, and that's all you got to remember and you guys I can pop keep up. rolling my ears perk and I hear it and I come that's right hey, and, and I know coach, what you're I'm coming <laughs> what do you need let me help you <laughs> Coach, get this weight off me. Sure. Got it. Matt, help. Nope. You say Matt. I you're don't know what you're down talking with about. The ship. You keep yelling, Matt. I'm not going to come help get this 350 pound squat off your back until you tell me my name. <laughs> hey, Matt. That would be bad for legal, I guess. <laughs> it's a matter of principle, it's a matter of respect. That's right. That's right. We're trying to teach these kids, you know, have some respect. <laughs> But man, I'll tell you guys, we we have a great job, and that's aside from being called dad. I mean, coaching, coaching is awesome, and that's you know, yes, my wife is right. Sometimes we have a little fun, like in our staff meeting. Sometimes we'll play heads up. You guys ever play that game where it's like uh, catchphrase? You can't say the word, but put the phone on your head. Like no. Coach Frank, like the, we got to balance it as us too. Sometimes, <laughs> like once a week, like we'll to kind of cool our jets if like things are getting too like uh hey like we're we're at a it's kind of like writer's block we're, we're kind of sitting at a standstill and it's just becoming monotonous james whoops out his phone it's me and him versus the gas and we whoop their butts and it's just like <laughs> mind melt mind melt mind melt we were working five years together just bang 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 but yeah we just whip out and play around get bragging rights and then we come right back to it and boom we're good you know it's just funny it's just 
the little things even in the office are kind of funny and the people I think are what make it great. I mean, our D-line coach, do you guys have good relationships with your D-line coaches? Yes. Yes. I think it's important to. I you always have to. Yeah. I love our D-line coach, but he drives me crazy because he, he knows how to turn the screws to actually <laughs> drive up a wall. You know, like we're at camp. You know, my son gets a shirt. He writes baculus on it because he wants to be a dick and just <laughs> yell at it. He just, and he's just like, hey, baculus. I'm like, Kelly, that's not my name, bro. And stop. That's my kid because now he thinks like, He's still trying to spell his last name, you jerk. You know, it's just like he's going into kindergarten. <laughs> just like That's that. Great. I love our field coach. Like, but there's always good give and take between our defensive staff and our offensive staff. And that's, I think that's, you know, and, and, and Coach Walls, I mean, like you said, man, it's, at Augie, it's a little bit different. We, we do have great relationships, and it's not just with our players, but I think as a staff, I think you got to, yeah, there's some times where you guys want to go at each other's throats or it's competition, but at the end of the day, you know, our offense has our defenses back, our defense has our offenses back, and we all want to see each other do well. You know, I think our, our defensive coordinator, Coach Malone, is a bright mind in the game. I think he's awesome, you know, and I think he's going to do big things. And I, I love watching our defense get prepared. And Coach Scolton, I mean, he's got three All-Americans. I got two. So it's like always a race to see who can have more successful players. And it's, it's awesome. And at the end of the day, if you can have a little bit of competition and a little rivalry and then also be able to find those cues to like Kelly calls me Pippin to his MJ and it drives me nuts because I'm from Chicago and everyone loves Jordan. <laughs> but I was like, Jordan wouldn't have had that if he didn't have Pippin. And I'm not saying I'm Pippin because I'm definitely Jordan, but that's not cool, man. It's just, <laughs> it's the fun stuff, man. And that's, and as, as football players, it's the things outside of football sometimes that are the most funniest and things you remember and the things you enjoy. There's no where, doubt. Where does uh, where does Coach Chambers fall in all that? Because Coach Chambers says the the strength that he was there when I so, was there. He, Coach, I got I got to tell a funny Chambers story because I mean I was the GA when I was there, and he he one of the first <laughs> things he had me do, and he's like, "Walls, go grab a box. I'm tired. I'm tired of these bastards. Keep asking me all these questions." So he gives me. He, I go get a box. He's like, "Cut out the bottom of that box." And I go, okay, where do you want, what do you want me to do with this? He goes, go hang it over the top of the garbage can. I'm like, okay. So I got this open, empty box hanging over the top of the garbage can. Well, all the kids kept coming to him with, like, uh, ideas for workouts, how we could better do the, the Olympics in the off season. They had all these ideas. So he's like, all right, now write suggestion box on the side of it. And he gave all the kids pieces of paper, and they all wrote down all their little suggestions for how we could make, you know, the strength program better. And he had them go throw it in this box, and they all went right in the trash. <laughs> and that's what he told, he told all the guys. He's like, that's exactly what I think your guys' suggestions are. Get the hell out of my face. <laughs> it's great. That sounds so much like Coach Chambers. It's unreal. No, just the other day, Coach, I mean, Coach Chambers now because they have the weight room and everything off to the – he's got his own little office, and the weight room is in our, our football ops building. Um, so Coach Chambers is kind of secluded a little bit, but, you know, he's always walking through the hall, so he gets to chime in and throw jokes and jabs. And, you know, prime examples, we just bought this. Uh, okay, so a little backstory. You know, a Division two school, we're trying to make the big time where we're at, right? So I go out and yeah. I get a mannequin from Dick's Sporting Goods. Like, they give us a free mannequin. He might yeah. be a little femme. I'm, I'm just saying, like, we want to we wanna present our jersey. And he's got a little ankle bend. He's got no head. 
but everyone makes fun of him, Manny. We call him Manny, right? And so finally, Coach O was like, listen, I want to go out and buy mannequins. I want a buff. And we're sitting here talking about, like, that's the kind of mannequin I want. Big biceps, you know. And we're sitting there, and Coach Cambridge is just laughing his ass off. Well, finally, the mannequin gets shipped in. And so it's sitting in my old line room. Because I don't, like, I'm not going to wrestle with a mannequin. Like, we got kids camps this week. I got too much crap going on. And, of course, Kelly, the instigator, says, hey, Bear, let's, uh, you got time. You're not doing anything, right? Come on, let's go get this mannequin going. And then proceeds to walk out or and start laughing at his office, which is right across the hall from my meeting area. He watches me struggle with the mannequin. And then Chambers comes in and starts laughing his ass off because I'm literally, like, molesting a bare, gray, Matt Gray, black man trying to put his pants uh, on. And Chambers is like, here's a party in here. <laughs> and just, just like laughing and making fun of us. It's just Fred, Fred's one of the guys, and he's uh, he definitely does bring a, a, another element. But it's always fun, you know, with the strength staff and then the football staff just coming together. And we have a good laugh. And like I said, between he, myself, Kelly, and – you know, our other strength coach, uh, Andy Socks. I mean, this it's, like I said, it's a great group to work for, and, and that's why I guess I've stayed for so long and, and worked with the guys I've worked with is because it's fun for me to go to work, and it's it's fun to, you know, Bob. I mean, geez. Oh, yeah, Bob, Bobby Hall. You know, Bob, Bob's the man, you know. That guy, Bob, that, guy, that guy's a living legend, and you learn really quick. Within that first week when you're on the job, Harper, if you'd ever meet him, you you better make a great first impression because if you don't, Bob oh, is not, yeah, not he's not the guy you want on the on to be on his bad side. So I think I did a pretty good job the week I was there. Exactly, he uh, you know, and Bob and and Bob's the biggest ambassador of, of Augie football. I mean, without him and his family, we wouldn't have the stadium. Exactly. We wouldn't have the football offices that are Hall Football Complex. You know, and the guy is is financially very flush and, 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 and able to provide an experience for kids because he just wants to impact kids. But the guy's got a ton of money, and he's our Hawaiian recruiter, as we like to say, because him and his wife always <laughs> go in, in January to recruit Hawaii, yet we've never signed a Hawaiian kid ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, no, but our Bob, you know, he, he's great for our program. He's great with the kids. And, and now as you sit there and you look at it, as Bob's getting older, I mean, he's totally different from going in year six than he was when I first walked in. Cause he was spitting fire and, and oh, you cross oh. Bob, man, you might as well pack oh, it dude. in, tell coach it's your last day. Cause Bob might murder you. And you know, it's just, he's, he's such a good man. He's got a, he won't let you see it, but he's got a, a heart of gold and, he uh, there's no doubt. and he's just, but he has no problem. He's that old school. He has no problem letting you know when you're dumb. <laughs> Or he thinks you're dumb. And so, um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I get to work with people like Bob and, and James and the, and the stupid stuff that we do in the office. And I guess the tough part is, is building the relationships with guys. And then, you know, like prime example, we just talked about, we just, we lost our, our wide receivers coach. He gets a quality control job at NDSU, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he was just within a year. But now we hired a new guy. Now I'm, now I'm excited. It's like I was like, oh man, I didn't want Coach Clinger to go. And yes, I'm gonna continue that friendship. I was like, okay, now I'm excited for this guy, you know, because now we're just like, okay, cool. I got a, I got a new friend, mom. You know, and it's just that's where I sit there. It's like there's a new guy in the circus and the in the funsies, and and that's for us as as coaches. I think we we have fun with it too with our players. So 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great place. I get to work with some great people and, and it's, it's fun, man. And obviously, you know, all the listeners, you guys probably think I, like you said, crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's the greatest ever. And we don't do any work and we get paid millions. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, I love my job. I get to coach the fat kids. I love them to death and they know it. And I like to think that we, we, we do it right at Augie and I'm sure a lot of places do it white too. Um, but I can only speak about me and, and how I approach the game and how our staff approaches our, our program, our kids, our relationships. And we just want to be a part of it. We want to be, we want to be the guys that get invited to the weddings, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't be hard on them. You can't push them because that's when you know you're yeah. doing it right is when you're getting invited to a guy's wedding or you're getting that, that email five years later from a kid you haven't talked to. And he's like, coach, this moment is where I grew up and I want to thank you, you know? It's that, it's those moments or the, I call them the light bulbs. When a kid, uh, you've been trying to teach him a concept or he just has a get and he's struggling, struggling, struggling. And then all of a sudden it just pops in his head and he does it. And he can't, he's like a kid on Christmas. He got, he got the BB gun with like all the stuff in it. And Santa gave him every present and he hauls ass to the tree. And he's like, coach, I did it. You know, like prime examples, we were playing Concordia, Concordia St. Paul a couple of years ago. And we do a thing with our line that, if we can run the DNs by and pass protection and they hit each other and fall <laughs> organically, right? If they, you aren't helping them fall to the ground, but you can throw them into each other. If you can throw the DNs into each other and they fall and they hit the ground, it's a pizza. Okay. <laughs> they, we did that. that in college. I've never heard we of did that. It in college, but we did it in college. I brought it with me. I thought, Hey, why not have a little fun thing that you can reward and enjoy? So, we were playing Concordia. We have a, a Harlan Hill finals, a quarterback, two All-American wide receivers. All We're loaded to the nines. Our quarterback makes some guy move. They run both our, both my tackles. They run those guys by. Our quarterback makes a play, throws it to one of our All-American wide receivers. He goes 70 yards for a touchdown. But on film, you see these two idiots not looking at what's happening on the field, not running after <laughs> the play, going to celebrate with their 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 teammates they're pointing at the ground pointing at the sidelines yelling at me screaming pizza (laughs) and you see it on the film of them losing their minds and high-fiving and belly bumping and come to find out later coaches my head coach goes man look at the he's watching it in our meeting he goes those guys must be excited about the touchdown i said coach now they're excited because they had the two dns run into each other hit the ground and fell now i gotta pay for pizza (laughs) (laughs) when he found out about that just but it's those silly things where guys are just super excited and you're just like, we did it. Oh my God, let's go. And it's, that's the fun stuff for me. Those are the moments I really cherish and enjoy. And that's why I could see myself doing this job for a long time. Cause it's, whew, it's the only thing I don't like at times to take you away from your family. That's the thing I got to do better as a coach is, is balance. You know, I've got three kids at home, but I also got 19 of them <laughs> five minutes away at my office. Right, that's tough. Well, that's I've, tough stuff. I, I've I've never heard of the the running the DNs into each other for pizza, but that's going to be a new thing at, at Broken Arrow now. I love that. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Not that gonna is lie, great. And and and, and, and in all fairness, guys, it's just pizza for those two. Is uh, do, does each get a full pizza, or are you going one pizza and half in it? Coach, you can you can make it yours however you want. <laughs> I do it. I, 
I, because I was so happy because it was the first one in a long time I just went out and bought them their own pizzas. It wasn't as bad as the time that I made a bet that they couldn't flip my five-man love sled. And oh. that cost me a pretty penny because <laughs> we had just gotten hired, and I was sitting there, you know, big, bad, young coach trying to prove it to the kids. I said, put your best five on the, on the sled. I said, if you flip it, I'll give you guys a pizza part. Or I said, if, if uh, I don't even remember how we got to it, but I said, if you flip it, not only will I give you a pizza party, I'll buy everybody their own large pizza. No. I said, you can even pick, you can even pick the five. <laughs> we had the tight ends in the group too, because we were doing it with the tight ends in the online. And imagine this beautiful Rogers athletic $5,000 brand new mint sled sled that my Big bony ass was sitting on the sweaty turf in the summer, ratcheting and in buildings. Brand new year one, we are. They go in and they flip this guy's. No joke. They lifted it, <laughs> picked it up, and threw it like a tinker toy. And I all thought I was about to get fired because our head coach just was telling me like, "Oh, this is great. You got to take care of it." And here I'm challenging them to pizza contest to flip it, <laughs> and then of course, and then of course. The practice stops. Like everyone just looks over and sees the left blood flip, and everyone kind of looks at each other. Everybody on the football field on the offensive side of the field just stops. They're indie, looks around, and then just breaks up. Oh my god! Yeah. Like they look like the cape, like the Islanders, like they just found fire. Like they're just losing it and going crazy. Like it was unreal. And then I come home to coach. I'm so sorry. He's like, no. Hey, do you think we could flip it again? Like, you know, like so I've had like uh, my OC and my head coach asked me at least twice in the last two years. Like, hey, can we do that that blood sled flip thing? Do you think those guys can do it? I'm like, God, God, guys, I can't afford it. Yeah, well, that and if it flips back, like somebody could get hurt. You know, like that's not something you want them to do. And, and, but they're like, man, the guys loved it. I was like, guys, it's not a car trick. I can't just pull the ace out of my eyes. It's like, guys, flip it. I had, I had three guys on there that were six, six, and three hundred pounders, so they had really good leverage and extension. Our line now is more six four, six five. Like, can't do it. So it, that's the. But like I said, guys, it's just fun and those stories and enjoying the game and. Being a coach, that's it. No doubt, Coach. Well, we've kept you on here for, for quite a while, and I've loved it. It's been awesome. But just kind of end yeah. it with the, the last question that, that we ask everybody. But uh, when you're watching someone else's offensive line, uh, what's something they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line, Coach? I would say there's two things I look for whenever I'm watching it on, like, uh, TV. And I'm like a, a video junkie. So I'm trying to, as the video coordinator at Augie, because we wear a lot of hats at the lower levels, oh, yeah. um, I'm trying to always trade and make moves with guys and trying to get film from other schools. You know what I'm saying? So I can watch, as a, as a football coach, I can watch the film of like a, uh, an Iowa State or watch the film of a, uh, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like just examples. Like trying to watch upper-level guys. But the thing is I'm trying to watch the NFL or colleges. One, can you see those guys? visually communicating are they pointing are they are they IDing? you know like because for me as an offensive line coach i want my guys communicating whether it's a dummy or it's the real deal i want that communication clear i want those guys talking and so i look as the tackle IDing pressure is is he, is he just looking down the line and communicating are they pointing are they looking and then i look for finish i love watching old lines that are nasty like 
And by no means, I don't want my guys to ever do anything late. Once the whistle's done, it's done. But you better believe from the second that guy winds it to the time that he kills it with the whistle, I want my guys to be physically nasty and I want them to be, you know, like the the kid from Texas, the Connor, um, the tackle. Williams. You know, like, there, yeah, there was like a, um, there was like a tweet of him just like finishing, like he threw the guy at the found and then he finished, finished, finished. And then the whistle, like, I want to see guys playing physical, watching uh, Notre Dame's left guard, yeah. uh, Nelson, like watching him being able to sit there and just physically out, man, like, and they're playing LSU, LSU tries to wrap their stand up the end into his gap and he picks them up and throws them down like a child. Like you just sit there. It's like, <laughs> I want to see obvious effort, physicality and communication. And those are the things that I look for. You know, are they are they communicating? Are they playing hard? Are they playing fast? And just like you can see, guys, like they get excited. You know, are they covering? That's the thing, because those are the things that I try to do. Like what we'll do sometimes, um, and I'll bring this story to a close. But sometimes what I'll do is, is because we got NFL film this year, uh, because one of our players was getting looked at for the NFL, so I had to give them our tape as a coach, and in return we got to get NFL film. And so we, and we get to watch the end zone shots and stuff like that. So what I would do is like during fall camp or during spring ball, you know, I would put on one of the films or the games that I got, you know, whether it be like the national championship or, or, you know, just like one of the Vikings playoff games and just watching it from a coach's perspective in the, in the end zone shot and letting, not saying a thing, letting the film play just like we watch it as an opponent and hearing the guys going, oh, man, this sets off. Oh, man, this is like hearing my kids talk like I talk to them without me having to, like, uh, you know, feed spoon feed it to them. I love hearing my guys talk. And that's like for us, like I said, just watching the game. So for me as a coach, watching it and then putting that aspect into our players and saying, how are you watching it? What are you saying? What are you looking at? How are you critiquing them? I think it's fun for me because I'll do that sometimes in drills. I'll put those guys in drills and I will, I'll come over and I'll observe, but I want to hear my upperclassmen coaching. And that, that gets me like my heart bubbling and bumping is when I can hear my juniors and my seniors talking my vocab, my lingo, my technique, right. Or mine. What am I? The guy that created football ours, you know, it's <laughs> us as humans. And just hearing the words that I say to them come out of their mouths and then they changing up who's teaching it to them. And then the kid's like, Oh, that makes sense. And I'm sitting there going, biting my teeth. Like, yeah, because I told you guys that. And then you're not going to listen, but he tells you. And it's like <laughs> from the mouth of babes. Um, and so, but it's good, you know, and that's for me, like I said, those are the exciting things is watching our kids develop and being able to coach with peer to peer mentorship and peer to peer coaching. But then also, watching the game like I do as a coach and then hearing them like, Hey, this set or, Oh man, he's got to jump this or, Oh, this guy's jumping inside. You can hear them start to kind of wear their own O-line knowledge out on their chest. And, and it's kind of cool. And that's for me. So like whenever, like I said, whenever I watch a game, I'm sorry to be long winded, but whenever I watch a game, I'm looking for obvious communication. I'm looking for physicality and, and are they playing with like, are all five guys playing with their hair on fire and their ass catching? Because that's important to me. Having fun, communicating, and being nasty. 
you can get those three things. I don't care if you got <laughs> three, five, six, 200 pounders, you're going to, you're going to be deadly. <laughs> well, coach, man, it's been awesome having you on. Like you said, you know, this has probably been one of our, our longer podcasts, but I can sit here and, and talk a, a lot of football with guys that are really passionate about, you know, offensive line play and, and passionate about their job. So, literally it's it's flown by i appreciate you coming on man this was this was awesome and that's gonna do it for this episode of rtp we want to again thank all of our sponsors you guys make sure and go check them out grow our community by telling other coaches about run the power and if you enjoy running the power go get your shirt long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.